0: Thank you for choosing Talks News, your only source into the divine paradox. I am your host, a wacko weirdo rebel scum Jedi hero. Today's date is June 15th, 2021. Let the record show. And we begin with the Pledge of Allegiance, for it is pledged to liberty and justice for all. All right, so as promised, uh, this week's Militia Watch update is up and ready to go, so we shall begin there, and then we will follow up with our two segments. So, Militia Watch, you can find these updates on militia.watch or follow them on Twitter at Militia Watch. This is an unofficial update, I just like to do it. So we have, beginning, more details emerge in gri- uh, Grizzly Scouts' Boogaloo cases, neo-Nazi provocateurs plead guilty to gun charges, J6 near, uh, arrests near 500, and Bundy followers threaten another standoff. So beginning now with Grizzly Scouts wanting to force Trump to enact Insurrection Act in reaction, months before Oathkeeper's leader begged the president to empower his group through it. The Grizzly Scouts, a Northern California-based boogaloo cell of which last year's boogaloo shooter Stephen Carrillo was a member, had apparently been planning to escalate more violence. New court records indicate Carrillo said he wanted to attempt a cartel-style attack. Members of the group wanted to ratchet up the violence and try to blame the left for the actions, which included discussions of how to dress like and impersonate Antifa. Another member of the Grizzly Scouts' cell, Jesse Alexander Rush said that Trump invoking the Insurrection Act would be the group's sign and when he would be ready to use his training. Rush, as he was known within his group's comms, also held trainings near his home. The Insurrection Act was the same legal notion that Oath Keepers led Uh, or Oath Keeper's leader, Stuart Rhodes, asked Trump to invoke to call up the militia of which he seemed to have believed his group would be a primary target for enacting martial law and getting rid of the enemies of Trump in the U.S. government. Nice. Uh, Close that window. All right. So we have remaining two base members plead guilty. The remaining two neo-Nazis planning to escalate the Richmond-Virginia lobby day in January 2020 pled guilty to gun charges this last week. The two members of the neo-Nazi group, The Base, Patrick Jordan Matthews and Brian Mark Lemley, were arrested in Maryland on federal charges en route to the Virginia Citizens Defense League's planned event. A third arrestee, William Garfield Bill Bro pled guilty in December on charges related to his helping Matthews illegally enter the U.S. from Canada the year before. Lemley faces what might be the longest prison sentence related to his seven charges, a maximum of 70 years behind bars. No terror charges were brought against any of the three. So the J6 arrests are nearing 500 as of late last week the fbi has arrested 465 people related to the j6 storming of the u.s capitol building investigations continue to expand and court documents detail the specifics of the event including calls to bring guns to dc and some of the newest charges three percenters militia members were also charged and then we have some other updates daniel thompson a michigan man who sent death threats to officials has pled guilty to charges related to these threats he will serve two years for three counts wow that's not much um amon bundy's uber for militias group the people's rights organization has said that they were going to turn on the water and have a standoff this is regarding the group's occupation in Klamath falls oregon where they are attempting to translate farmers frustrations with irrigation limits into another right-wing demonstration i r e h r has a great series of reports on this most recent development, which can be read here. And, of course, this uh, update is included in the description. The New Jersey election primaries are underway. This includes Edward Duffery, an oathkeeper who is running for an assembly seat in a very blue district. Duffery is running unopposed in the GOP primary and has the support of the country's gop body he filed in april and did security for the j6 event and still claims that the violence of the day was perpetrated by antifa durfrey is the northern new jersey leader of the oath keepers the state's governor phil murphy has refused to denounce Durfrey's, uh candidacy when asked and then there's some further readings one coming from newsweek on the idaho gop far-right urgency insurgency And then uh, coming from Chicago Maroon on the demographic trends of the insurrection. And you can find those at the bottom of this update in the description. Check it out. Stay up to date on American militias um, because they are active. So we begin now with Rob Schmidt from uh, Newsmax. And I guess his show is called Rob Schmidt Tonight. And the title of the video is called Imagine If It Were Trump. And we're going to try and do just that. So Rob, take it away. And it
1: has been a busy few days for our ailing American president. His first big international trip to Europe has been President Biden's big debut on the world stage. And today he was more than two hours late for a NATO press conference with no explanation. One would assume there was added preparation time for Biden, as today he actually took questions from the media. We're going to get to that here in just a second. But first, over the weekend, Biden again indicated there was potential coordination maybe between the White House and the media. Take a look at this.
2: That's, that's how I'm going to handle it. Uh, I'm sorry I'm going to get in trouble with staff if I don't do this the right way. Jennifer Jacobs, Bloomberg.
1: So we've heard this multiple times going to get in trouble. Got to do this the right way. (laughs) How creepy is
0: (coughs) it? Oh, man. Still getting over my sickness. But it is very funny um, that him making sure that he calls on the right journalist to begin the rounds of questioning. That's him collaborating with the media like that. That's the most damning evidence I've ever seen in my entire life. Very funny. Um so funny i almost died laughing that's awesome
1: is it that there's an order that he must follow to the questions for the media are the questions scripted is the press team coordinated with the press what is that whatever it is the president at the very least is clearly being handled by other people the leader of the most powerful country in the world can't maneuver his way through simple press conferences on his own he needs constant supervision on this trip his wife appears to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting
2: How are your meetings going here in
3: Cornwall? Very
1: well. Come
0: on. It's just the level of conflation that's going on here that's very funny. Like the fact that like her telling Joe like, hey, it's time to go. Stop answering the media's questions in a a very like wife-like manner, in a way that like your friend would be like, hey, man, don't talk to them. It's time to go. Um, you know, you know, even a, I guess a member of a staff could do the same. Um, but I, I, this one seemed very jovial, so I'm not like taking it very seriously, but it's, it's just very funny here how they're like, look at how much of the heavy lifting she's doing. And she's literally just being like, Joe, it's time to go. It's that's so funny. And they laugh.
1: Everybody just laughs like this is normal for the American president to have his wife just pull him away because he can't answer questions. Uh-huh. You know Vladimir Putin is watching. He's definitely laughing. He's licking his lips. More on this week's big okay. Biden-Putin meeting coming up here in just a minute. But what have we learned from this trip so far? Well, yeah. there's going to be another COVID-19 origin investigation. And, of course, the feckless leaders of Europe and
0: the United States, wait, wait, Dr. Wait, Tedros wait.
1: and the World Health Organization, handle...
0: I thought that's what conservatives want. Like, I thought they want to like, really know the origins of COVID-19. Is it just are we supposed to assume that this is ridiculous just because it's the WHO that is doing it? And, you know, during Trump's presidency, we've all you know, the conservative party has also built a pretty uh, contemptuous relationship with uh, the WHO, building it on the, uh, you know, on the idea that China funds the WHO. So it's it's basically the China health organization um, so that's yeah there's there's a lot to be implied here that doesn't it's not very openly for for liberals you already have to be a part of the esoteric beliefs of the conservative party to just kind of agree with all of this
1: this one as well the only reason we need another investigation is because the who screwed up the first one so badly so of course it makes sense they do the second one too right welcome to liberalism we also watched <laughs> Europe embrace the ret- <laughs> as
0: if as if that has literally anything to do with liberal policies.
1: <laughs> Turn of American ability, Biden reaffirming oh, his commitment man. to NATO, which lets many countries mooch off America's insane military spending. But most importantly, we learned our president uh, just really isn't very capable. In this arena, there are several examples. At a round table event, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson introduced everybody at the table, including the president of South Africa. Here's our president. Seconds later.
4: And the president of South
3: Africa. And and, and, and the president of South Africa. As 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 I as I said earlier. Oh, you did. I, I did not. I did, I, I, I certainly did. Uh, <laughs> so you get to mention twice.
5: So.
1: I mean, he looks like grandpa sitting there at the dinner table with no clue what's going on. That's the president the <laughs> United States. Here is how Biden closed out his G7 press conference, answering a question about removing Trump-era sanctions on aluminum.
0: I mean, the thing is, though, for me, is, like, if he was younger, would we be blaming it on his age, or would people just be, like, having constant reports about how dumb he is? Like, either way, it's going to be negative press coverage, especially from, like, the conservatives who look for these, like, minor uh fuck-ups to use that as like look at how bad of a leader they are when uh effectively to me the president is merely just a figurehead it's it's a it's a representation at the seat of the table and not so much the actual um uh wielder of all the power in this country so you, you yeah um yeah Uh, yeah, I mean, I, and the thing is though, is that like, I feel like even Bernie Sanders was at a better cognitive place than, uh, Joe Biden, but we would have had an old man sitting at the table regardless. So making fun of Joe Biden for his age and blaming every little fuck up he does based on that. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's good for the internet. It's good for content. Is it moving any of the discussion? Is it changing the material conditions for the working class? Is it empowering the everyday voter to participate in democracy? No. The answer is no.
1: Minimum and steel against European allies. When you're having these conversations with European allies
2: who are very concerned about these sanctions, how do you justify that? And what are your plans to-
1: 120 days, give me a break. Need time. Imagine if Trump gave that answer. In this same press conference, he mixed up Syria and Libya three times. They're nowhere near each other and legitimately may not know the difference between the two countries anymore, and that's presuming that he ever did. Of course, the media doesn't like to bring that up. Why would they? Wouldn't want to expose just how clueless the
0: sitting American president is. But let's go. Uh, I mean, that's a good indictment, um, especially with like that is something that like CNN and MSNBC would focus on if it was Trump. Um, acknowledging that to the extent is that like it just it goes to show how much CNN and MSNBC just uh you know play their role when a liberal is in office, effectively selling it back to us in a very. Um, uh manufactured style cleaning him up painting him with a smile and uh assuring the liberal voters that nothing uh is worthy of critique here i feel like that's something that the what they call the legacy media or establishment media does a lot um but the level of criticism that we're um raising here to joe biden is um just as vacant as cnn's reporting on joe biden as well um because these levels of criticism don't empower anybody or change their material conditions um they're just you know poking fun at uh the president that's 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 what this is. And maybe that's what CNN and MSNBC had participated in a lot with Donald Trump. But I'm not going to hold my level of political engagement to the standards of establishment media, mainly because they do not represent myself. So um, it's 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 not you know, we're not going in a great form of argument or uh, this just isn't a very fulfilling segment, I would say.
1: Back 22 years ago. And Governor of Texas George W. Bush is running for president, a Boston political reporter asking these questions.
2: Can you name the president of Chechnya? No, can you? Can you name the president of Taiwan? Yeah, Lee. The new Pakistani general has just been elected. He's he's not elected. This guy took over office. He appears he's going to bring stability to the country, and I think that's good news for the subcontinent. And you can name him? General. I can name the general. And it's? General. Prime Minister yeah. of India? Uh, the new prime minister of India is, uh, uh, no.
1: <laughs> that was when he was the governor of Texas and he didn't know the answers. Remember how damning that was for George W. Bush? But did and, you know? and he still won.
0: Yeah. The, like, that was actually like an incredibly relatable moment for a lot of conservatives because like not everybody knows the world leaders, like that and um I would doubt that even Donald Trump knew many of the names of the world leaders like that. I don't know most of the world leaders uh like that. I I, I don't think that's the worst uh possible scenario. Although I would argue that somebody who's in the office of the presidency should be briefed on everybody that they're meeting with so that they're well informed and well engaged. Um but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if every president that we've elected uh before George Bush and during after george bush um didn't know every leader around the globe so um yeah it it was a funny moment but it's actually uh i i get how it was condemnable for a lot of probably liberal news outlets like cnn and msnbc but it's also like i can see how it was very relatable for a lot of voters
1: notice a difference I mean, now we have the sitting American president and he's overseas. Imagine if Donald Trump had confused Syria or and Libya three times. They're in different continents. It'd be the top story all night long. But because it's Biden, nobody knows about it. Protect the Democrat, as always,
0: our loyal state-run liberal. See, and this is exactly why um, a lot of people will become disaffected from the Democratic Party and liberal news media outlets. Because they do that, because they clean it up when a Democrat is in office, um, but that doesn't mean that they're gonna go like, "Oh, that means conservatives have been right this entire time," as if we didn't watch Fox News trip hand over heel just to defend a fascist, you know? So like, it's they're they're eliminating the the fact that people have their own common sense and their own values. That don't necessarily subscribe to the tribalism that they're so used to. So just because people become disaffected from the liberal party doesn't mean that they're going to be able to scoop them up and convert them conservative. Um, but it is unfortunate because in a lot of cases it does happen, especially when a lot of people have misinformation dealing with ideologies that learn or that lean further to the left. Um, and there's there's a lot of uh, ideas in the left from social uh, or I guess uh, market socialism to social ecology, um, anarchism, communism, and the different forms therein of those. So um, there's, there's a giant well, if not an ocean of ideas in the left party when liberals become disaffected. It's just very unfortunate that when they receive misinformation on these ideas that um, it tends to push them to the conservative party that is ultra-nationalist anti-immigrant, and effectively anti-worker in a lot of ways. But I think a lot of people hold down fundamental values that actually um, uh, nationalism isn't as quite important as uh, the conservative party conveys it to be, for at least for the uh, normal average voter. Mainstream media. Biden is
1: way over his skis on all this, and everybody knows it. I don't think that needs to be pointed out any longer. But on Wednesday, Biden is going to meet with Vladimir Putin in Switzerland.
0: That's tomorrow. He can barely
1: handle the feeble leaders of the G7 and in NATO. Biden did a lot of political damage to Donald Trump by casting.
0: It's very fascinating here how he said feeble leaders um, when those are like our allies, like the G7 is made up of mostly our closest allies. So that's that's phenomenal that he called them feeble leaders. Um, and th- like that even really speaks to too, like what these like Newsmax is more fringe, um, but that's what these like fringe conservatives are really looking for is dictators. Um, dictators are strong leaders and uh, that, that's who we should be looking up to. All these leaders of democratic nations are just weak and feeble.
1: Seeing him as a puppet for Putin, of course. Biden like most phony politicians capable of making himself seem much more competent brave and virtuous than he really is. He's a known liar. He's a known plagiarist. And in the past few years, he's been telling a story designed to make you think that he's a tough American brand willing to stand up to the world's dictators. Biden says he told Putin to his face. He doesn't think he has a soul. Putin was asked about that. Take a look.
2: President Biden says, uh, one time when you met, you were inches away from each other. And he said to you, I'm looking in your eyes and I can't see a soul. And you said, we understand each other.
3: Do you remember that exchange? But I do not remember this particular part of our conversations, to be honest with you. He probably has a good memory.
0: (laughs) That's a little knock to the dimension there. Probably has a good memory. Um, I don't think it was a knock to his memory as much as it was him trying to just be like, well, it could have happened possibly but i don't remember it so i mean it just it does like eliminate the validity of it but at the same time like putin doesn't take the opportunity to attack joe biden in the way that newsmax or rob schmidt here is now framing it um that's not what happened and that's pretty funny why they would cut the clip off right when he's starting his uh his response
1: you know he doesn't remember it because it probably never happened because biden likes to make up stuff like that to make himself seem tough and good Asked about those comments in today's press conference, Biden with a very bizarre response. And then he just completely phases out. Let's watch together. In a weekend interview, Vladimir Putin laughed at the suggestion that you had called him a killer. Is that still your belief, sir, that he is a killer?
2: <laughs> the answer to the first question? <laughs> I'm laughing, too. They actually... I. Well, look, I mean, he has made clear that uh, the answer
1: is In his meeting his bilateral meeting with turkish president
0: Uh, i'm not I'm, i'm i'm not gonna say that it was fair for them to still cut it out although i will give them credit that joe biden giving his answer very slowly is quite embarrassing because it seems that he backed himself into a political corner with his past comments and didn't know where to go in that particular circumstance when asked again about them um but the the framing around this is very particular and intentful and in the way that they're presenting these clips and so like me taking this in uh if i was to take this in good faith i would still want to see the rest of these clips like with putin his response getting cut off joe biden getting cut off because he took a long pause um the framing in this isn't allowing me to participate in this in good faith and it's actually expecting me to already dislike almost everything going on here so um, I'm missing a lot of context, but uh I'm not a huge fan of Biden. I just don't think these are like that worthy of critique when we can look at like what Biden's actually doing in office and not this image that we're supposed to be presenting to the rest of the world because really, we're participating in aesthetics here and aesthetics are like so vacant in doing anything politically for working day average individuals i'm 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 so uninterested in this
1: erdogan the american press was actually kicked out before the start of the meeting
2: we couldn't hear you sir i didn't say anything thank you guys let's go come on let's go come on guys let's move let's move come on thank you let's go come on
1: thank you guys so he lets the turks kick
0: out the american media and leave in their state-run media the very thing that i find interesting here though is that it's turkey that kicked out the press um he says that biden allowed them to do it and then also the headline for the the segment here says biden kicks press out of meeting like this is so inconsistent framing um there's there's actually no good faith n- journalism going on here whatsoever that they have in turkey because they don't have the same freedoms as the united states boy is he tough on dictators really tough washington post reporter Ann rumsey gear yeah well turkey is an ally to us like i, I i'm not in agreement with what turkey does um i don't I, i'm not a huge fan of turkey um but they're an ally of ours and so it makes sense as to why Uh, Joe Biden wouldn't say something as they're kicking out our media and allowing the Turkey state media to stay. Um, It's the same thing as like, I don't like Israel. I feel like they're a ultra nationalist uh, fascist state, Uh, maybe not so fascist on their private citizenry of, you know, uh, Jewish Israeli citizens. But the Palestinians are effectively living in a fascist regime beneath the boot of the uh, Israeli government. And for me personally, the level of participation that Joe Biden is taking in this, Joe Biden being a Zionist, um, you know, and not fully condemning the murdering of civilians in Palestine. um, You know, Joe Biden is going to work with his allies no matter what level of atrocities they may or may not commit. That's mainly because um, we have our allies. We don't cross that line. So while I don't agree with any of this or like how it's going, I just I can see why it happened the way it did. And the framing of it here is merely to, um, you know, paint Joe Biden as the bad guy as if Donald Trump would have done anything differently. And he wouldn't have like our allies hardly change based on who the president is. So I find it very interesting, although when Trump was president, he did try to make it uh, his goal to, um, you know, uh, alienate himself from our usual allies in the U.N. at NATO and uh, the G7 and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's just overall, though, like Trump did nothing about Erdogan or Turkey. um, So condemning him for being a dictator now while we have a blue president who helps him and ignoring him when we had a red president. And this is, again, just vacant aesthetics. We're focusing in here on hating Biden and thinking like, man, Trump would be so much different. He wouldn't, he, he really wouldn't be. Um, and, and instead of these embarrassing old man g- gaffes, we would have embarrassing old man rants. Like, so whatever, you know.
1: You don't hear them complain too
0: much about Democrats over there. But she tweeted out
1: one and a half hours and counting outside the room where President Biden is meeting with Turkish leader Erdogan. We were supposed to go in for a picture and remarks at the start. Turkish official media was allowed in. Yep. We have not been. No explanation. Hashtag free press. Can you imagine? Erdogan runs a country that is ranked 153rd out of 180 by the World Press Freedom Index. That means there's essentially no press freedom at all. Freedom of the press, of course, is a cornerstone of American democracy. And Biden is being shown up by a literal dictator, and he just sits there. and.
0: I don't even think we're in the top five for freedom of press. Um, I wonder. I got to Google it now. I don't even think we're in the top five. Um World Press Freedom Index. Let's see here. Wow. Alright, so in first place we have Norway, second is Finland, third is Sweden, fourth is Denmark, fifth is Costa Rica. Wow. That's dope. That's pretty dope. Th- but that's what I'm saying. It's like you got all these Nordic countries always excelling better than the United States in a lot of regards. Uh, we're not even in the top 10. I I was, I was suspecting that. I just didn't want to say it for sure. We're not in the top 15. Uh, wow. Where is the United States here? Jesus, the United Kingdom is ranked 33rd in press freedom. Oh my God. And then France is 34th, yikes. United States is 44th. Oh my God, that's not good. (laughs) All right, well, uh, that's the 2021 ranking of world press freedom. Uh, The United States actually isn't even near uh, the top. That's wow. takes it. You going to grab him? Mm-hmm. figured I'd ask you since it's coming in when you're grabbing it. You. Yeah, that's decent. Hi, Biscuit. Hi. Alright,
3: go with yeah, Britt. Let's go, Biscuit. Get, get up.
0: Go on, Biscuit. Get on. Go. Yeah. Oh no, don't prop up on her. Move
5: it. Move it. Uh. and says i didn't say
1: anything remember all those times that trump let the media stay in the room for the entire
0: negotiation a move that legacy democrats hated and to be fair probably legacy republicans as well Poli- i don't remember that and i also don't remember the media hating that either <laughs> i just, <laughs> um, i would love for them to like actually put up news sources to back up their claims but we're not we're not doing that there are no sources here to back up those claims Pelosi nervously laughing
1: hating the exposure hating the american people <coughs> looking out the sausages made and they call trump the fascist that's the funniest thing about all of this what a clown show all of this is and then today biden parted with the rule that politicians- again
0: when when you do a news report and you say things without backing up your claims with evidence that's more fascistic uh propaganda. That's authoritarian. Uh that it's got some characteristics there of um dictator like uh news media. Um and I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know, Trump stayed president in OAN and Newsmax who were hardly ever critical of him uh would have been anointed to state media and painted him in the same light as uh North Korea's dictator Kim Jong uh Un. So, um Yeah, six ends at the water's edge.
1: He's overseas, shouldn't be talking about politics. He slammed Republicans and Americans who voted for Donald Trump. Here's part of it.
2: The Republican Party is vastly diminished in numbers. The leadership of the Republican Party is fractured. And the Trump wing of the party is the bulk of the party but it makes up a significant minority of the American people.
0: I How... can't wait for the friggin' midterms. And if that were even <laughs> a little bit... <laughs> Seething. <laughs> um, it's very funny to me because, like, that wasn't an attack. That wasn't an attack at all. But I guess if you say that, like, Trump isn't the entire party, then that's an attack on Trump's voters or the Republicans. I don't know what the attack was there. Um I, I really think that was actually uh, just an observation, uh, mainly because we have Republicans who were loyal to Trump uh, that take uh, word from Trump, like Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz. And then we have other Republicans who are now referred to as rhinos for turning their back on Trump, like Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney. Um, so, you know, saying that the Republican Party is, uh, is fractured, that's not an attack. That's just an observation. He wouldn't have to cut Republicans out of the negotiations for his infrastructure bill. Which they, he absolutely hasn't done. What are we talking about? It's a, this, is, this is a split country right now, and it's not a minority on the
1: right, that's for sure. This was in response. Yeah,
0: but the only reason why we're a split country is because right-wing media takes its time to reactionarily oppose everything Democrats do. Even if Joe Biden is continuing the construction of the border wall, it will not be enough to appease conservatives. Um, He has to switch the letter in front of his name from a D to an R before they go, my God, Joe Biden, you know? Yeah. yeah, and the the other reason why we're really fractured as a country is that like the right wing media, on top of the fact that they reactionarily oppose anything Democrats do, they also fight every they, they they fight every battle in the culture war. Anything that will divide Americans based on their like common values, um, they will rip that apart. They will separate us from those those things. So, um th- that's more why uh the country is divided, not because Joe Biden has a a view of the Republican Party that you don't agree with Rob Schmidt, although it isn't it, it wasn't a correct view in my opinion. I don't think the GOP is as fractured as Joe Biden said, but it, there is a uh, a fraction uh, a fracture that has uh started since uh Trump ran for office. So, of course, though, to a question about
1: January 6th, which of course had to be brought up Yeah,
0: because we should just move on from, like, the most recent insurrection on our state capital, you know? We should just move on from that as quickly as possible. It's so funny that he's like, of course it had to be brought up, as if, like, it didn't happen five months ago and was, like, a a pretty large attack on American democracy, especially if you actually believe what happened that day. Um, and, and take in a lot of the facts that went in. But of course, we're coming in here with this disingenuous uh, fascist revisionism on reality. So uh, good on you, Newsmax. Fuck yeah.
1: Even in, ...in Europe with all the other stuff going on. It was a total softball question from the same Washington Post reporter who complained about not having access to the Biden-Putin meeting. And here is that hilariously pointless softball question THAT THIS WOMAN ASKED, OF ALL THE QUESTIONS SHE COULD ASK TO BIDEN, WHO GIVES VERY LITTLE ACCESS TO THE MEDIA DURING THIS VERY IMPORTANT TRIP, HERE IS THE DUMBEST SOFTBALL TO BIDEN YOU COULD GIVE. LET'S TAKE A LISTEN. you have
4: SAID SEVERAL TIMES THAT AMERICA IS BACK AT ALLIES SIDE, BUT A LOT OF THOSE ALLIES ARE THEMSELVES PRETTY RATTLED BY WHAT HAPPENED ON JANUARY 6, AN ATTEMPTED uh, OVERTURNING OF YOUR ELECTION.
0: And she could oh my god and then the fact too that we don't even like get into his answer at all i I, I, I just want to highlight here too that Germany just recently disbanded one of its police forces because it was riddled with far right activists like that's it, that's they they recognize the danger that far right groups tend to uh bring to their uh ideology and in their actions and enforcing it. And um, the United States here has a very hard time doing it because outlets like Newsmax Media will not admit that a lot of people who participated in the Capitol riot were not just, uh, you know, your average Trump voter. They were organized, they were militant, there were groups there that were being uh, covered uh, by this mass group of everyday average Americans. Uh, that supported Donald Trump. So we're like the 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 downplaying of the severity of this also helps to contribute to the. Uh The covering of those militia groups which you know any news outlet that's on the right wing that has covered the insurrection has not brought up the fact that Oath Keepers Proud Boys, uh, Three Percenters, the People's Rights Organization and um, the Patriot Prayer were there organizing with each other networking with each other using the veil of everyday citizens to storm the Capitol in hopes that they would find an elected official so that they may kidnap them and hang them in court. So like these things going on is just, um, Horrible! The fact that news like Newsmax really is coming off extremely fascist to me in the way that they are revising hi- uh, reality as it happens in front of our eyes, and then mask the militant um, characteristics of the insurrection on January six. Like this is this is far right fascist propaganda going on here, and it's very covert and it's very subtle. Um, it, it, with with only being as plugged into the far right as I am, can I notice these dog whistles, this misframing? in this level of reporting in order to do the dirty work of far-right militias in the United States. Only being watching that so much... Can I recognize what's going on here? And it's very unfortunate because it is aligning people who are what I would consider moderates choosing the conservative party because it fits with their traditional worldview and thinking that that's the best outlook for the entire country. But then they are getting moved into the same party as a bunch of people who want to separate the coloreds from the whites and create a whole separate nation for them. So I, 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 no, no, I don't like any of this. this is, I'm, getting in, I'm giving this an F. This is a hard F minus, like this is um, toxic, as, as much as toxic possibly could be. Complains about free press. You wanna be free press? Then
1: start asking tough questions to Democrats. Quit being such a fake, what a joke. I mean, that just cracked me up. All right, with so much at stake, let's rehash uh, that unarmed insurrection she's talking about since it was worthy of her only question to Biden on this trip. A couple hundred Trump voters evidently tried to take over the entire country. Did you know that? They were armed with MAGA flags. That'll go well against the American military an insurrection where more selfies were snapped.
0: Do you see that? Do you see how he's downplaying who was actually there at the Capitol riot? Let's not forget that the Oath Keepers had a QRF, which is known as a quick reaction force where they stored guns in a hotel in Virginia in case they needed them. So again, he's downplaying it, but with the unarmed excuse, although there are pictures of individuals there with sidearms, pistols, um, in and, and the gentleman with the, uh, the the uh, the cuffs the the plastic um, zip z- zip tie cuffs or whatever the fuck you want to call them um, they're, they're, it wasn't as harmless as they keep playing it down to be um, there was people before they really went inside masses amounts of groups of them were screaming hang Mike Pence because Mike Pence refused to go along with Donald Trump's plan of overthrowing the election um, so like. It was a coup. Like, whether, you, 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 whether it was a success or a failure, it was a coup. Just because it had average day American citizens not knowing that they were participating in that doesn't make it any less so. Other people planned for it that way. So um, stop downplaying it. That's dangerous. Then, Windows smashed. The fifth and final reporter to be granted a
1: question today asked if Ukraine would be admitted to NATO. And here, with the best answer of the day, is the father of Hunter Biden. Well, now that Russia has invaded, oh my Putin God! Ukraine, the fact that like that affect- we've
0: we've we've done everything, you know, we've gotten the 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 anti who uh, you know rhetoric and which kind of like lightly attacks China a little bit. We've gotten you know Biden's weak against Putin. We've gotten the Democrats are weak, and now finally we even got the mention of Hunter Biden hunter biden so like it's amazing we could literally have a bingo card for every segment on the right-wing media and um it would be pretty fun i bet to play uh right-wing media bingo i'm sure it would actively rule out ukraine ever entering nato
2: the second question is the answer is no the first question it depends on whether they meet the criteria the fact is they still have to clean up corruption the fact is they have to meet other criteria To get into the action plan. And so it's, you know, schools out on that question. It remains to be seen.
1: That's the same guy whose drug addicted son made $80,000 a month from a Ukrainian gas company despite having no life experience other than operating a crack pipe and hiring escorts.
0: As far as we know, because we've been judging uh, Hunter Biden in his entire life based off the leaks coming from his personal laptop. Um, Not a sign of corruption, necessarily, especially since he was a board member to that company. So it makes sense why he would be making money from that company in Ukraine. Um, But again, like we're just going in circles here of this right wing media echo chamber of like why you should not like Joe Biden when none of it has to do with your uh, political conditions. None of it. Absolutely none. It's it's all partisan hackery. And uh, Rob Schmidt, you're lame. That's, that's that. Um, so now we're going to move into Tucker Carlson tonight. We've gone from Rob Schmidt tonight into Tucker Carlson tonight. And it's called Most Americans Aren't Aware of the Research. I didn't watch this yet, so I'm curious as to what research.
5: GOOD EVENING AND WELCOME TO TUCKER CARLSON TONIGHT. JUST ABOUT A DECADE AGO GENDER DYSPHORIA WAS A FAIRLY SHORT ENTRY IN ABNORMAL PSYCHOLOGY TEXTBOOKS. IT WAS A CONDITION SO OBSCURE THAT MOST PEOPLE HAD NEVER HEARD OF IT. THAT'S CHANGED IF YOU'VE GOT CHILDREN IN SCHOOL YOU KNOW HOW COMMON THAT DISORDER HAS BECOME.
0: Yeah, but that's also because of the level of education and understanding that other people have of it. Like, how can you tell somebody um, that you're suffering from gender dysphoria if you don't really even know what it is? And then also on top of it, too, like homosexuality this year was just deemed uh, by the Chinese government as a um mental disorder so like you know depending on who's really doing the uh designation and categorization of these things really depends on whether it's based on science fact or propaganda um the other thing is is yeah like the the, those things are allowed to change as our understanding of them changes um so what, what what are we talking about here exactly In some places,
5: a third of girls in a given class identify as a gender other than the one on their birth certificates.
0: And that's because the thing on their birth certificate is their biological sex, not their gender. Um, So we're already missing the fundamentals here of what it is to be transgender. Most
5: of them probably don't mean it. Five years now, they'll have moved on. They're going through what we used to call a phase.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the greatest, like, dismissal of someone's existence um, is just by discounting it as a phase. You know, oh, yeah, he likes boys, but it's just a phase. It, it's, it, it's an age-old excuse.
5: But for an increasingly large number of children, that phase will not end. Therapists will steer those children to doctors who will almost immediately give them powerful sex hormones, drugs whose long-term effects we
0: cannot know. In some cases, except we can because there are studies out on this, so uh, that's that's cool um you know it's 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 fairly new science, but there's still uh you know studies going back a few years ago that were studying the effects of these so um, there is information out there if you want it Tucker those kids will then be referred to surgeons who will mutilate or remove their sex organs permanently and then the 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 transphobic term of mutilation. Um, that's just them using fear mongering as, or, or, and this, this imagery to, to paint, uh, getting a sex or, uh, uh, getting the transgender confirmation, uh, surgery, getting all of that is, uh, just a nightmare. And so the, the language here is, uh, specific to a lot of transphobic rhetoric. Um, wow. Like Tucker Carlson is just being transphobic to the perfect T. Like he is hitting literally all the points one after the next one after the next. It's doing great. That is happening across the country tonight. We rarely talk about the
5: details of any of it. It's all good, we're told. It's part of a vital, long-overdue process of personal liberation, and if you stand in the way or ask too many questions, you are evil. Okay.
0: Um, I would say that if you stand in the way or ask too many questions and your intent is to uh, delegitimize the... Uh, personal experience of an individual, that might be a little bit more evil. Um, You not wanting somebody to be transgender because you don't understand it or you don't like it. um, That is getting a little bit closer to evil because I also know too, like Tucker Carlson's is a willful ignorant ignorance he has tons of people he could probably talk to about this issue with doctorates with PhDs he could use the immense amount of resources that a news media outlet definitely probably offers uh to to get more information but that's not what we're here for we're here to steer a political agenda and further the delegitimization of a marginalized group of people because fuck them that's that's literally it like that's I, you made it to the meaning of this video
5: okay but before we accept that version of the story it is fair to ask what are the details of the process exactly and what are the consequences of it
0: Ooh, see and this is definitely the last person you want to ask uh what the consequences of going through gender confirmation surgery is um mainly because and you know, i i might be stretching here tucker is not a doctor okay he probably shouldn't be talking about this he's not a psychologist and he doesn't do surgeries he doesn't know anything about this the only things that he's probably going to tell us are the same things that we've been hearing in the right wing echo chamber this entire time is like the kind of damage that it can do, probably the suicide rates, the, the, the fact that like a lot of people who go through transgender dysphoria end up figuring out their own way on their own anyways without having to go through all the surgery and all of that stuff. This is probably just a retreading of everything that we've already heard that have been in the works to delegitimize the existence of transgendered people. This weekend, to its
5: great credit, the news show 60 Minutes asked those questions in a surprisingly unflinching way. Anchor Leslie Stahl interviewed patients who had suffered from gender dysphoria and asked them a simple question: what happened next? Here's a woman called Grace Landinsky Smith explaining what she went through after she went to her doctor to treat her disorder. Watch.
4: She didn't go really go into what my gender dysphoria might have been stemming from. We only did a few sessions. They asked me, so why do you want to go on testosterone? And I said, well, being a woman just isn't working for me anymore. And they said,
3: "Okay." So that was that. You got your prescription for testosterone. Mm Mm-hmm.
5: Yep. Being a woman just isn't working,
0: which is great because you don't even need a prescription for testosterone. I'm sure for like um, the for the all intents and purposes of the confirmation surgery, you need a specific type of testosterone, especially something that's not over the counter and mixed with a bunch of useless shit. That's probably not going to benefit you. Um, But testosterone is something that you can buy over the counter if I think you're over the you don't even have to be a certain age, do you? I don't think so. Like it, it's something you can just pick up at GMC or on Amazon. Um, so I I, I I don't know what that contributes to the conversation here, but that that's a thing. Um, and I think the unfortunate thing here is that her personal experience may be handled by neglectful and incompetent doctors. But that, again, isn't a reason to, um, you know, throw away. Um, what every what a lot of transgender people find as a necessary step into the validity of their existence. Um, so this, this one case, I don't think is necessarily enough to um, throw it all in the trash bin. For me anymore.
5: Okay, here's some life-altering drugs. That's all it took. And then it kept going. Within just four months, Grace Lindinsky-Smith was in the operating room having a double mastectomy.
3: Just four months after she started testosterone, she says she was approved for a mastectomy, what's called top surgery, that she told us was traumatic.
4: I started to have a really disturbing sense that like a part of my body was missing, almost a ghost limb feeling about being like, there's something that should be there. And the feeling really surprised me, but it was really hard to deny.
3: And so she detransitioned by going off testosterone. And then went back to the clinic and she says complained to the doctor that the process didn't follow the WPATH guidelines.
4: I can't believe that I transitioned and detransitioned, including hormones and surgery, in the course of like less than one year. It's completely crazy. What?
0: It's completely crazy. Yes. Yeah. So even the sixty Minutes news report did show that uh, that they didn't go off of the standards of what you're supposed to do in these situations. Which only tells me that the doctors were incompetent and neglectful. So again, um, I think the the unfairness thing here is that this does happen. Um, her, her, her experience is valid and should be taken into consideration. A lot of people who are on the fence of what they're feeling and, uh, what gender, who they think they are, should probably take an account of people who both, um, you know, um, went back and forth, had to transition, then detransition and was like, okay, this is actually who I am. But you also should take into account the people who transitioned and are happy in their uh, in in their circumstance, so like I just don't think it's very fair framing to to mark this one individual who did not have the experience that they were expecting, and using that story to invalidate the rest of everybody else's experiences. I don't think that's a proper way of going about this, but that's exactly what Tucker Carlson is about to do. Yes, it is. It is completely
5: crazy. It's also reckless and cruel and totally unethical. And yet in the newly politicized atmosphere of American medicine, it is routine. Another person
0: who spoke to 60 Minutes- a man. Had- but here's the thing, uh, you need to provide evidence for that claim. If it's routine, then we need to see statistics that say a lot of people are detransitioning after transitioning. But unfortunately, if you do look up those studies, uh, the people who do detransition after transitioning is a far less uh, number. So um, there actually isn't any evidence to back up that claim. Identified as Garrett, told Leslie Stahl that doctors rushed him into
5: a sex change operation. After just three months of taking female hormones, they castrated him.
3: Garrett from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, went from taking hormones to getting his testicles removed, he says in just three months whereas the current guidelines call for continuous use for a year i
0: again so again this isn't routinely that that's the routine that's the standard that it's set at but tucker carlson is like completely overlooking the neglect and the incompetency of these doctors to invalidate the entire process even though there's other doctors who might be more responsible and who might be a lot more competent and don't have these things happen otherwise we would see the amount of people detransitioning to be far greater that's not where it's at right now it's a much lower number so there's no evidence to back up that this is a widespread problem it is a problem especially for these individuals and I'm sorry that it happened to them because it shouldn't have, but on a nationwide scale, it's not an epidemic and we're playing it out to be. This is fear-mongering news reporting. I had never really been suicidal before um, until I had my breast augmentation and about a week afterwards, I wanted to like actually kill myself like I had a plan. And I was gonna do it, but I just kept thinking about like my family to stop myself. And see, my issue is is that like we need uh, much more like access to mental health um, uh, assistance in this country. Um, I feel like anybody who is questioning their role in society and their place in existence um, could benefit from a therapist, someone who can help them talk it out. Um, I don't think everybody that we're, we're seeing here in these stories necessarily had that before they went through and um, were feeling that they're uh, going through gender dysphoria and having a hard time uh, finding their role in society. So there's, there's just so many layers to what's going on to these two individuals that um, I feel like there's much more information and understanding, and especially, too, it would be a lot better if we could actually talk to them and find out, um, you know, what, what's really going on. But maybe 60 Minutes did do a fine reporting on that. I just think that, you know, like I said, blaming the neglect and incompetency of a few doctors to negate the entire process isn't the best route to go. And at the same time, too, we should be having a much um, more in-depth discussion of mental health in this country because um, people feeling depressed is uh, something that isn't just for, you know, gender dysphoria or people who have transitioned and then detransitioned. Like, it's, a, it's an overarching issue for a lot of people in America who are having a hard time finding purpose beyond the alienating job market. It kind of felt like, how am I ever going to feel normal again like other guys now?
5: Three months to castration, and then a week after the surgery, he wanted to kill himself. Now, that makes sense, and yet it is the precise opposite of what activists claim, the opposite of the justification for these procedures in the first place. If you ask questions about the wisdom of gender reassignment surgery, you will be accused immediately of pushing the vulnerable towards self-harm. But in fact, there's quite a bit of evidence of the opposite. Gender reassignment surgery and chemical castration cause depression and exacerbate mental
0: illness. This is known. Just- it's not. That's, uh, again, that's another uh, claim with no evidence to back it. Correlation is not causation. Um, so uh, it, it, the, the, the root of their depression is something that you have to find with a therapist. But to say, oh, they have just gender dysphoria and depression, well, it must be because of the gender dysphoria. But by that same logic, you could also say they have depression and gender dysphoria, and it's because of their d- depression they have gender dysphoria. Like It's that easy to move the goalposts when you frame your argument that way. Um, so like again, that's why you need to have studies, data, and evidence to back up your claim. Otherwise, the goalposts are that easily shiftable, and your argument is effectively useless. Just five years ago, a study by the
5: Obama administration found no positive health benefits from this so-called treatment. In a 2016 document called the proposed decision memo for gender dysphoria and gender reassignment surgery, Obama officials concluded that, quote, based on a thorough review of the clinical evidence available at this time, there is not enough evidence to determine whether gender reassignment surgeries improve health outcomes for Medicare beneficiaries with gender dysphoria, end quote. So, why wasn't there enough evidence? Well, the Obama administration found that many sex change patients were, quote, lost to follow up. Why is that? Many of those patients apparently had killed themselves. Researchers in Sweden found the same thing. After 10 years of study, the Swedes concluded that people who underwent sex reassignment surgery
0: were 19% more likely to commit suicide. The risk yeah but like and we've we've had this argument on the left before here we are at the suicide rates did i didn't i tell you that we were just gonna retread the same talking points over and over again Here we are at the suicide rates as if like even after transitioning, society then accepts your existence and allows it to be much more comfortable as if like and when we're seeing segments like this with Tucker Carlson feeding his viewers more talking points on how to deny the existence of transgendered people. You can see why the acceptance and the validity of their existence is harder to obtain and might make suicide a little bit more appealing because society refuses to accept them. It's not necessarily like I can't say for certain that is a uh, the cause of it, but I can at least say in the same way that Tucker Carlson is attributing uh, gender dysphoria to suicide, I can attribute the non-acceptance in society too to that suicide rate because it's not just the way that they feel on the inside. It's also the outside world affecting that. So if we had a much more open-minded society that allowed people to exist in whatever way they see fit fit so long as it isn't harming anybody else, well, then guess what? We may or may not see those suicide rates go down because people feel accepted within the society that they live in.
5: risk of psychiatric hospitalization was nearly three times greater. In other words, it was an utter disaster. Yet strikingly, most Americans are not aware of these numbers. They've never seen this research. They're not allowed to see it. Instead
0: they see a daily barrage of pro No, no, you are. You can Google it. Those studies are out there. The the thing is is the suicide rates studies, they're out there, but they don't necessarily give you the under root like the underlying root cause or underlying Jesus brain. Come on. The they the, the 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 numbers of the suicide rates don't give you the underlying root cause of that suicide. It could have been acceptance. It could have been the fact that they couldn't retransition back after figuring out that that wasn't the gender that they felt that that entire time, going through this very confusing process. So we can't say for sure that it's the acceptance in society or it's the fact that they're suffering from deep depression that's rooted in their gender dysphoria or if it's rooted in something else entirely. We can't say that because it's just numbers of suicides. Um, so, Tucker Carlson thinking that he can attribute the cause to this and solve the problem for all of us isn't, uh, 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 it, it's not happening, it's not a thing, because it, it's just not true.
5: Propaganda, most of it online, made possible by Google and Facebook. That propaganda has a very specific effect, as intended. Watch.
3: How many of you feel that you were blindly affirmed?
0: I didn't get enough pushback on transitioning. I went for two appointments, and after the second one, I had, like, my letter to go get on cross-sex hormones.
3: Two visits, that's it.
0: And again, what does this have to do with propaganda coming off of Google? Like, this this doesn't have to do anything with that. Again, we're talking about the negligence and irresponsibility of the doctors who rushed this surgery.
3: It? all four tell us they learned about transitioning on the internet there it where is. there are transformation videos on youtube
5: trans influencers and forums we haven't said an awful lot yeah. of complimentary things. yeah
0: so are we going to blame like homosexuality on social media as well as if like transgender people haven't existed for hundreds of years the fact that like other societies around the globe have more than one gender uh participating in their society it's very interesting here that we are we're always blaming the internet for our problems when none of these problems are new but the access to the information and knowledge of these problems are much more available due to the internet so it's not just the internet's fault like if they were going to hear about transitioning it could have been from a friend if they had friends if they if they go to a library and do some research there there could have been an innumerable things that may have led them to that route but again we're taking in the account of four people who did not have responsible doctors who took the pa- who would take the time and effort to use their patients to find out what exactly is going on in the confusion of their existence in this society um so like it's it's we're we're doing a lot of work here to negate the existence of trans people based on the anecdotal evidence of four people and i'm not saying that their experience isn't valid but i can't use it to blanket over everybody else's experience it's not right that's not ethical either tucker like come on
5: things about Leslie Stahl on this show, but Sunday Night's Piece was a remarkably brave piece of journalism. Leslie Stahl certainly didn't need to do that piece. She did it anyway. Good for her. And she's being punished for it now. Within minutes of that broadcast, the usual liars were accusing Leslie Stahl and the people she interviewed of committing an act of violence. Their crime telling the
0: truth No, here's the thing is that while I do think that people should hear the stories of people who transitioned and it was not right for them, I do think we should hear their stories because for a lot of people going through gender dysphoria, they'll need to hear those stories to consider whether or not the confirmation surgery is the right choice for them. But the thing is, though, is that by not juxtaposing it with people who did go through the right channels, have proper doctors who are responsible and competent and are happy with their decision, that like that's it's not fair reporting. And again, we're using four people's experiences to negate millions of others so like this it's it's unethical that's what it is and it's right to call her out for that now those kinds of effect of
5: attacks have a chilling effect on the rest of the population and that's of course the point of making them watch this psychologist describe how many in medicine are simply too afraid to care for their patients
3: Do you have conversations with your colleagues about this whole area of accepting what young people are saying too readily?
4: Yes. Everyone is very scared to speak up because we're afraid of not being seen as being affirming or being supportive of these young people or doing something to hurt the trans community but even well the
0: thing is though is that if you are taking the proper like if you're doing your job properly and just making sure that this is the right decision and the individual is making it of their own free will and is fully comfortable with the decision that they're making you're at least doing the, the process of allowing them to make a fully informed decision but Like, again, we're just like blanket statementing as if this is literally everyone's experience in transitioning. And from what I can tell with a lot of like the the people online who have transitioned, a lot of people are happy who have that have made their choices. And it's not fair to negate their stories as well. So we're not doing fair reporting here.
4: Some of the providers are trans themselves and share these concerns.
5: We're afraid to speak up
0: because we don't want to be seen as not affirming young people. But that that's also, like, it's also fair, too, that if somebody is... Taking the proper precautions to make sure this is the right choice for the individual and they are making it of their own free will. Like, it's not right to call somebody out for not rushing the surgery and getting it done as quickly as possible because in, you're not affirming, you're not being, a, 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 you know, you're, you're not just, you're not on their side, essentially, if you don't affirm it right away. That's not a healthy discourse to take either. Like, you have to allow the doctor to take that time to make sure that this is the right choice for the individual. Otherwise, we have these stories of people making big regrets. So, um, you know, people on both sides have to be patient with each other and make, and work through the gender dysphoria together because it is, I'm sure I haven't been through it, a very confusing time and something that is on a level of an existential crisis that you have to take the, the, the necessary amount of time to ensure that that is the right decision. And um, both sides have to be willing to do that.
5: in their decision to have these surgeries and to take these life altering drugs. These young people, how young are we talking about? At what age do we have to respect their personal
0: decision? To... The other thing is, too, is like the 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 life altering drugs thing that he keeps using over and over again. Um, a lot of people can use testosterone and estrogen for a period of amount of time without having adverse effects. You have to be taking it for a very long time for it to actually do permanent change. I'm not going to use the word damage. Because a lot of people are taking it intentfully in to 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 uh increase their bone density hair production or even for estrogen to reduce the amount of bone density and um the 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 increase the the fat in the in the breast region um but like yeah it's just um it's not permanent unless you do it for a long time is what I'm trying to tell you, uh, mainly, uh, I'm not a doctor, so do, do your research, but I'm just not going to allow Tucker Carlson to, uh, blanket statement, say that testosterone is life altering, um, medicine, uh, when it's, uh, it, it's a, what, what is a it's not an additive. What is it? Um, sub, substitute, um, something like that. It's, it's a, it, it's just a little boost because, uh, everybody naturally produces estrogen and, testosterone, you, you can just kind of increase and decrease those levels by taking uh, a substitute. a, a substitute. So um, we're, we're just like making it sound a lot more dangerous than it is just by taking those, and it's not that dangerous. To say undergo chemical
5: castration. Well, last year, Joe Biden answered that question. He suggested that children as
0: young as eight can change their sex.
2: The idea that an eight-year-old child... Well,
0: the thing is, though, is that if a child is recognizing that, you know, already at a young age that they're uh, identifying to the uh, gender other than the one that they have been assigned to by the greater society, because you look this way, you must be this way. Um, If you start the hormone blockers at an earlier age, for those who already know that they are a boy or a girl or even nine, nine binary um, starting those earlier are going to stop them from going through an even more um, difficult process uh, known as puberty, which may send them on the wrong track of uh, the gender that they see that they want to, uh, or that they see themselves as so
2: or a 10 year old child decides, you know, I decided I want to be transgender. That's what I think I'd like to be. They may make my life a lot easier. There should be zero discrimination.
0: Joe Biden is correct, but I think his framing of it is, um, like very old man. Uh, because you know, I even made that, um, uh, Mistake a second ago when I said that they want to be sometimes people aren't necessarily wanting to be other genders They are the gender that they see themselves as and Unfortunately without confirmation surgery not a lot of Americans are going to confirm them in those gender roles because they don't look the part so um, You know framing it as a decision all the time Um like it, it is a decision to get the confirmation surgery, but it's not necessarily always a decision to feel how you feel. Um, a lot of those things are out of our control. Even Prager would admit this. Dennis Prager, who says that boys are uncontrollable, violent sex fiends, um, uh, like inherently, um, th- th- like th- at least acknowledges, too, that we can't always control uh, how we feel who we are. So um that's yeah, using the word to say, oh, I, I think I want to be transgender and that's going to make my life easier, that's not the 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 right framing of it. Um it, it would be I am transgendered, I want to get the surgery. So um yeah. So me me and Joe Biden both just made that mistake right now. But that's what happens when you're not uh, a part of these groups and don't know what it's like to be in their lived experiences. And so you have to adjust for that, be aware of it and uh, change accordingly.
5: So as we said at the outset, things are moving awfully fast and most people have no idea what the details are. So it seems worth spending some time as 60 Minutes did over the weekend, talking to people who've actually been through this process.
0: And that segment isn't up, But I will probably uh, assume that Tucker does the same exact thing that they did and they don't try to juxtapose it with people who are happy with their, uh, you know, uh, gender confirmed lives. So that's tox news. Um, we, we reached the maximum of toxicity and I now I must go and play video games to detoxify and purify myself. So, uh, find me on Twitter at toxinpod two X N P O D, uh, like the video. If you liked it, dislike, if you don't rate review, subscribe, ring the bell, comment below, share it with a boomer, um, tell a zoomer and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's it. Uh, I'll be back and, uh, we'll, uh, We'll rage against the right-wing machine some more, and we'll have fun doing it, and everybody will love it. Um, World peace will come over us. Uh, We'll quit uh, using fossil fuels, and we'll find ways to generate power sustainably, responsibly, and merge better with society in in an ecological manner that is uh, both conscientious and uh, exhilarating. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, talks news. That's it. Um, peace.
5: Mr. Man, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine, but... Uh...